church. Um, but a, apart from that, it's a massively biblical word. Yeah, actually, it doesn't get preached on probably a great deal. Um, you, you probably get preached on it every other week. So, but I think I, I can't remember many talks on hope. And but I feel there's something very special for you. I feel it's a target word for you. Um, in terms of what hope is, you know, but I'll rehearse it just to refresh our minds. Hope, hope tells us that there's something worth living for. Hope is, it's that instinct that there's something good ahead, something like the carrot in front of the donkey, there's something that keeps the donkey moving. You know, it's something worth having. It, it's something that makes, it's something worth waiting for. And, and if times are hard, it's something worth persevering for. It's something the other side, like Jesus on the cross, he endured for the joy set before him. It's, it's the thing that keeps moving us forward. Uh, and without hope, we, you know, frankly, we, we are stuffed. We are lost. Um, I've got a, a wonderful, wise quote here. I sort of tongue-in-cheek share it from Theodore Roosevelt. That makes me sound intellectual I share something like this. Um, it says, when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. So there's some good advice for anyone who's feeling that they're at the end of their hope rope, all right? Tie a knot and hold on, at least to the end of my talk. Uh, and again, you, you're, you're aware of this, but in the world, we, we, in the worldly sense, we talk about hope as, you know, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. It's a, it's a wish, isn't it? It's a wish list. Biblical hope is, is something else. It's rooted in God himself. It's rooted in his unchangingness, his unshakable goodness. And it, it's based on his rock solid promises. The Bible's full of promises and they are God his integrity stands or falls with his promises and God never fails. So we're not talking about wishful thinking here. We're talking about our lives being based on the solid rock of God's perfection and wonder and beauty. Um, on, a, on a negative note, I don't want to dwell on this, but many, many people in Sittingbourne and, and in the localities around Sittingbourne have lost hope. I believe that's why God's called you there. And I don't know why you think you're there. This is why I think you're where you are. This is why God's called Gordon and Natalie to spearhead this thing. It's because God, in his compassion, sees people who've lost hope. That's why I believe he's emphasised this word particularly. It could be perhaps due to divorce, bereavement, personal failure. Um, that's a very bitter pill, isn't it, when, when things fail, when things fall over perhaps your business fails or something. The disappointment of unrealised dreams, that hurts like heck, doesn't it? Personal inadequacy. Some of us have to wrestle with that one. Um, unemployment, sickness, listening to the world news is not, not necessarily the most uplifting exercise. This pandemic, I, I think a lot of people are, are really, even you know, strong optimistic people are really... Uh, some people have been shaken to their roots. Failed relationships, loneliness, debt, guilt, mental illness. That we we live in a world that's that's you know really broken. Sin sin has caused a lot of tragedy, a lot of heartache, and the antidote is hope. 
it's the, it, the hope sums up the gospel for me. It's, it's the why do we feel joy in the gospel? It's because it gives it restores hope to us. I want to, but you know, when we think about hope, we obviously we think about the future, um, and without question, uh, the Christian has a fantastic uh, beyond the grave hope. I don't know how often you think about beyond the grave. Um, probably not too often. Or I do know some people who are always thinking about death um, uh, without mentioning names. That's, that's not Trish in case you think it's a sideways thing. Um, the, but the Christian has a fantastic hope. You think about it, everlasting bliss in God's presence at your right hand of pleasures forevermore. I mean, forever and ever in, in God's presence. We're going to have wonderful resurrection bodies. Can't wait for mine. Uh, the creation's going to be brought into the glory of God. You know, this is not the end phase. Uh, we're going to be free of sin, hooray. Um, we're going to be free of death, mourning. Uh, things won't keep failing and decaying. Uh, there'll be no cooked cheese in heaven, because um, that's of the devil, as you know. Um, uh, and there will be no devil. So the future is fantastic. So you've all got to be optimists, haven't you? Ultimately, um, if you've, as I think it's Billy Graham said, if you've read the last page of the Bible, you've got to be an optimist. But, but bringing things back down to earth a bit, to the here and now, the truth is outside the church, and, and probably for many people within the church, people are more concerned about the here and now. Do you agree? You know, people often don't think about death. You know, it's, it's the here and now uh, that they're concerned about. And I, I find this a challenge, and it, it, just preparing this talk has freshly challenged me, that when I look at Jesus the anointed, that's what Jesus Christ means, Jesus the anointed, when he went around fixing people's today, he fixed their here and now, their present. And he didn't actually talk much about the afterlife. He, he did touch upon it, but very, very minutely. He brought hope into the here and now and restored broken hearts and broken lives in the present. I find that a big challenge to what I think of as the gospel, okay? Because we tend to, let's be honest, we tend to emphasise final destiny, heaven or hell. That's, you know, that's what we tend to think of as the gospel, Jesus' gospel was right in your face in, in the brokenness of your present. Um, that's just, I mean, at, when Peter was talking about Jesus and his ministry in the house of Cornelius in Acts 10, 38, I'll just read what Peter says. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good, this is what he did. He went about. What did he do? Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. What an amazing mandate. You know, what, you know what's the job description of, of uh, Hope Church sitting for? Wouldn't that be fantastic if that became your job description to go, to go about doing good in the power of the spirit and healing all oppressed by the devil? That's gospel, isn't it? That's good news. And it says, for God was with him. And I, I love the fact that God cares enough to want that, that God isn't this great gloom merchant, that God actually brings joy. He, he, he has compassion for people's present. Luke 4, 4, chapter 4, 17 to 21. You, you, you know this almost by heart. 
and Jesus in the synagogue and he was handed the scroll and it says, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. That's to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. So it's all to do with the Holy Spirit because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And notice the emphasis here isn't about heaven or hell. It's he sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to the people who are locked up in whatever prison that happens to be. Recovery of sight to the blind, spiritual, physical. To let the oppressed go free. Full. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is good news, good news, good news in the real every day and, and he rolled up the scroll <laughs> gave it back to the attendant and sat down boom that's a sermon wasn't it and and then this bit i always find a bit my, my mind does a naughty trick here the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him i just had this mental picture of lots of eyes stuck to him um then then he began to began to say to them and this underline this in your bible if you underline words today today not not once when you die today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing hope today you, you get where i'm gunning here and and uh, so jesus brought the gospel into today he he let the hope of god invade people's present he did this in the power of the holy spirit jesus life was rooted in prayer we know that and and he was rooted in the word of God. Amazing. Jesus knew exactly what he was looking for in Isaiah, and he knew where to go. How on earth a carpenter had time to, to completely absorb the Old Testament is just amazing. Um, restoring hope to lost souls in the power of the spirit, I believe, is why you're there in Sittingbourne. I believe that's that I, I'm always very impressed. I, I hope you've heard the story of Gordon's call. It's very real. Um it's because God has a, he's gunning to bring hope to people who've lost it. I believe that. So I, I think I've been prophetic in saying that this morning. I think that's that's God wants to highlight. As you think about strategy and plans and all this sort of stuff that we love doing as leaders and whatever, but actually at the heart of it is God, God wants you to go around doing good, fixing people's lives in the power of the spirit. I'm sure you will say amen to that. And uh, while you're doing it, you can fix a bit of mine and while you're at it. So un under the heading overflowing with hope, I, I as a sort of coming into land, but I, I believe that the best way you and I can reach out to others and bring hope is by being filled with hope ourselves. <laughs> if I'm a, a, a gloomy melancholic, I'm not going to lighten up a room with hope. I'm not. People are going to catch a cold instead. Um, I need to be so filled with hope myself that it's contagious. You know, I, we first of all have to shepherd our own hearts and shepherd one another's hearts. You know, we are not wasting our time by being together this morning. I need you. You need me. There's something about being with you that it lightens me up again. When I'm on my own, I start to go down. I have got a heavy nature. You know, by on my own, I become a heavy, dark thing. And being with others lifts me because the presence of God gets in in the cracks and corners. I need to be filled with hope and joy first. In Psalm 23, I love that that little bit with it, and my cup runneth over. 
I need a cup that runs over because if I've got a cup half full of joy and hope, then I haven't even got enough for me, let alone for you. But if I have a cup that's full to overflowing, then then my gospel witness is the overflow. Do you get that? That as I Jesus everywhere he went was overflowing. He was a cup making a splash everywhere he went. The presence of God went with Jesus, overflowing his cup. Jesus was a joy-filled man. He wasn't a, a white, pasty, moody person. He was a joy-filled man. In Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in Yahweh will renew their strength. If you're feeling a bit downbeat, those who hope in Yahweh will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run not limp along they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint i want some of that don't you as isaiah 40 31 and romans 15 13 may the god of hope not the god who has a little tinge of hope the god who is if, if you like made of hope it, god is this cup that is super abundant filled may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace not some joy and peace may god of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him that's where we come to uh so that you may here it comes overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit so this isn't you trying to be positive and determined this is this is the grace of god coming into your life and and pouring out okay I, i'm going to finish if i've got a moment with uh, some of you are old enough, like me, to to remember this this song. But the Holy Spirit brought it to mind recently, and it's really doing something in my heart. So I share it with you, and you know, um, hopefully, this is my concluding blessing to you. All right, because He lives. Do you remember that song? Because He lives. I can't remember the tune, but because He lives. Because he lives. My wife is humming it over here. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my saviour lives. Hallelujah. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's, that's the thing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the, the living just because he lives. Do you remember this? And then one day I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he reigns. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. He holds your future. He holds Hope Church Sittingbourne's future. He holds your future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. That's, that's the gospel, isn't it? That Jesus lives. Bless you guys. I pray, Lord Jesus, that these guys overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. That's excellent. I'm just going to stop the recording for a moment. Thanks, mate.